0: Public protector Pusisiwe Mkwebane is no stranger to dominating news headlines and this week wasn't any different. On Tuesday, a full bench of High Court judges handed her a devastating loss. The court found Mkwebane's CR 17 Bosasa report to be fatally flawed and unlawful. We that her investigation into the CR 17 campaign donations fell outside her field of competence. Further, that her report and the findings and remedial action contained in it were invalid on several grounds. The public protector's decision to investigate and report on the CR 17 election campaign for the African National Congress leadership, elected in December, 2017 is reviewed, declared invalid, and set aside. And that's where we find ourselves this week on The Story, at the center of Busisiwe Mkwebani's tug-of-war with President Cyril Ramaphosa. I'm Rian Khrobler, News24's senior desk reporter, and I'll be anchoring this season of the show. You're listening to The Story. It's a new podcast from News 24. We'll speak to journalists and experts about the week's biggest story. This is what we saw, heard and uncovered this week. To unpack all of this, I have in studio with me News24's investigative reporter Kyle Cowan. How's it, Kyle?
1: Very nice to be here.
0: So, you had a bit of an eventful day on Tuesday.
1: Yes, I moseyed on down to Pretoria quite early in the morning to make sure I get parking outside the Gauteng High Court. Struggled to get in up through the lift, got to courtroom 4E and got settled in front row seat to sit and hear the judgment in... You know, President Cyril Ramaphosa's review of Advocate Mkwebane's report into this whole CR17 mess. And chatting away merrily with some journalism colleagues, and suddenly we realized that uh, we were in the wrong courtroom. <laughs> so I ended up sprinting up two, two flights of stairs burst into the courtroom as J- Judge Keatley was just busy introducing the, the judgment and kind of gave me a look and carried on reading and I quickly settled down to to get down to the business of the day. So what was the essence of the case? Let's start there. It starts in November 2018 when President Ramaphosa stands up in Parliament and he's responding to oral questions and the then leader of the DA asks him this question about this now well-traversed 500,000 rand payment that was ostensibly for his son Andile. And The president responds and says, this payment is in respect of a contract that my son has with this corruption accused company, Bosasa. And a week or so later, he then sends a letter to the Speaker of Parliament and says, well, no, hang on. It wasn't actually for my son. It turns out my people have just told me that this 500,000 rand was paid into a bank account used by the CR17 campaign. And now this then leads Maimani to file a complaint with the public protector. And that complaint talks about suspicions of money laundering surrounding this. Did the president lie to parliament when he responded? And I think Mr. Maimani wanted the public protector to delve into that. And then, of course, she brings out this report that says the president lied to parliament. There are suspicions of money laundering on his part and the part of the campaign, ostensibly. And that he violated the Executive Ethics Act in failing to declare donations to the campaign because they were essentially of personal benefit to him. Okay, so
0: what happened on Tuesday? What was the judgment?
1: So on Tuesday, we, we went to court to listen to a full bench of the High Court deliver a judgment on this very contentious issue because Ramaphosa immediately filed a review application to try and set aside this report because it's obviously very serious. He's the head of state. There's talk about money laundering. There's a lot of political noise surrounding this as well. So the court essentially eviscerates the public protector. They pull apart every single one of her findings, every single remedial action. The phrases used were unfathomable, reckless, irrational unlawful it is by far in my experience one of the most scathing judgments against an incumbent of an office like the public protector it's it's something that the president's lawyer himself said if it wasn't so tragic it would be a joke that sounds pretty serious so What were some of the standouts for you in
0: this judgment?
1: So, Rian, there are two quotes that really stood out to me, and I'd I'd like to read them to you. So, one of the findings that the public protector made was that that there was the suspicion of money laundering relating to the CR17 campaign, and this is what the court found. Clearly, the public protector had no foundation in fact and in law to arrive at her finding that the president had involved himself in illegal activities sufficient to evoke a suspicion of money laundering. In addition... The Public Protector based her finding on legislation that has nothing to do with the offense of money laundering. The conclusion is inescapable, that in dealing with this issue, the Public Protector completely failed to properly analyze and understand the facts and evidence at her disposal. She also showed a complete lack of basic knowledge of the law and its application. And the Public Protector here is basically told that what you did was an egregious error it was it was bad from the beginning to end and she quoted the wrong act the wrong law in reaching this finding so if you start with the wrong law how can you ever find that someone did something wrong so the second one which i think is even more key and this relates to one of the complaints There were two complaints, originally one by Mr. Maimane and then another one by the EFF's Floyd Shivambu. And Mr. Shivambu asked for the public protector to also look into whether or not Andile Ramaphosa actually had a contract with Bosasa, as his father had stated. And this is what the court finds. The public protector did not make the obvious finding that the president had told the truth about his son having an agreement with African Global Operations, or Bosasa. In our view, in failing to do so, the public protector did not act with an open mind and so breached one of the cardinal requirements of the position. That's, again, as serious as it gets. One of the key things about the Office of the Public Protector is that, and and any investigation really, is that you can never assume innocence or guilt from the outset. You have to keep an open mind, and the courts have ruled on this previously, particularly with Public Protector Matters, that the Public Protector has to keep an open mind. She has to walk into an investigation expecting anything. She cannot put her blinkers on and go down one road and ignore everything else. And the fact that the president stood up in parliament and said, yes, this payment was in respect of this contract that my son has. And then there's a complaint relating to that contract. She finds the president guilty of a plethora of things, very serious things. And we, as News24, have reported on the existence of this contract. We know it exists. We've seen it. We've written about it. We've written about the amount of money Andile got and the public protector completely ignores that and that pretty much says it all doesn't it it is the third time now in cases of immense national interest the president now with cr17 previously it was the south african reserve bank matter and the Estina case involving the gupta family and politicians from the free state and in each case she failed to deliver the goods she did not step up to the plate
0: what's going to happen next
1: no matter what the court says of her or finds of her conduct or even lashes her with personal costs orders, she doesn't care. She's gonna continue doing what she does and unfortunately we're going to sit as the public of this country and pick up the pieces every time.
0: So joining us in the studio now is news 24 senior politics reporter Tzidi Madia. So Tzidi, we can't talk about Boussi Siwe without considering the impact of her office on the political landscape.
2: Oh, absolutely not. From her very appointment, when you think about this particular public protector, or even the ones previously, I'm thinking about Advocate Tzidi Madontela, that office is highly political, with politicians not wanting to be investigated by the office. So no matter what it does, it's damned if it does, it's damned if it doesn't, you know. So obviously... Obviously, this issue is political. It spills over into political factions. It's used as a tool for expediency in the political world. So we're not surprised seeing the different factions of the different parties, some in support of Boussoum Karani and some saying, thank goodness, you know, the court has had these outcomes. But I must also say that there's someone looking at the president saying, but there's still questions that President Sultan Mahposa needs to answer and will continue using this against him, the CR-17 campaign, against him in, inti- in attempts to weaken him and his political hold on the ANC. All right, so
0: let's talk about the reactions. They haven't really been surprising, have they?
2: No, none really have been surprising. You've got the ANC bigwigs and the Pro Ramaphosa people who are saying, thank goodness, it's time that she falls on her own sword. You also have people like the EFF who've branded the judgment from the High Court as ridiculous. You've got people from the African Transformation Movement, its leader, Vuyo Zungula, saying that the court bias and that the president is suddenly absolved from his own responsibility of having so much money directed towards his campaign within the ANC and saying that the courts are inconsistent, that um, when Julius Malema was part of the ANC Youth League and not an official in any capacity as far as public representatives are concerned he was investigated and was found guilty by then Public Protector Trudy Madonsela. But, but of course the argument around that is that the investigation was into his links to the Limpopo province and whether or not they suffered money from Limpopo when they were found guilty. So it's also a little bit tricky in terms of how this is being used as a political football, as I said to you. But
0: then, C D. on the other hand, we also have the RET group.
2: Absolutely. The so-called radical economic transformation supporters and fighters, those who are championing, you know, for absolute economic transformation are some of the biggest supporters. You've got faces like Andy Kutama there, the son of President from. Uh, former President Jacob Zuma, Edward Zuma is there. You've got people from the African Transformation Movement. You have Andy Lungisa, a series of people who are seen as rogue characters, really, if you may. Carl Niehaus from the ANC, seen as rogue characters, all coming up. I mean, part of this is that they're using it to further their own political interests and their own issues, particularly within the ANC, when you look at people like Carl Niehaus and Andy Lungisa. And so they've come out quite, quite loudly and boldly saying that they stand with the public protector, again, accusing the judiciary of being biased and saying that it's been captured by white monopoly capital that they wouldn't be surprised if in some of the documents, you know, there are some documents that have not been, that, that remain classified that the courts are refusing to show all the bank statements so we don't know who all the people involved in the CR17 campaign are and so a lot of these RET people saying that yeah, you find that, you might find that there are judges' names and that's why they're trying to work so hard to make sure that information remains concealed but of course this is for political expediency as I pointed out
0: So what do you think this means for Mkwebane going forward?
2: So she will fight. I don't expect her to not fight. It's in her nature from what we've seen since she's occupied office to fight. She says that, you know, she's not been the popular choice, that she came in under fire with claims that she was a spy. So I think she will fight. It's in her nature.
0: So it doesn't sound like Busisiwe Mkwebane will be backing down anytime soon. That was Tidi Madia, News24 senior political reporter. The Story is a weekly podcast by News24. It is hosted by me, Rianne Hrabla, and produced by Nukutula Manyati.